were going to get away from us this Tuesday. We had a few technical difficulties this morning, but nonetheless, we are here. We're excited. We are post Calbo ABM, and we have an amazing guest this morning, Mr. Jack Applegate, who is a candidate with the ICC Board of Directors for 2022. Um, Jack does some phenomenal work for our building industry, and today we have the great pleasure of picking his brain a little bit and finding out you know, what What makes Jack so passionate about this profession, why he does what he does, his years of service, all that good stuff. We get to know a little bit about his story. So without further ado, welcome, Jack. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. And I'll go round two of congratulations uh, for Four Leaf winning <laughs> the award from Calvo. I think that's a, that's a big deal in a big state. Um, well done. Thank you so much. We were very thrilled, surprised, and excited to be able to receive, um, you know, the award. It was such an honor for all of us, and, and to be there and be present was amazing. So um, thank you for that. Pete, how are you this morning? I'm excellent, excellent. I'm over here supporting this new studio, so I'm hearing the new echo. So if you guys can hear it, I, I apologize. We're working all right. Well, good. Well, good. So, Jack, you know, we like to kick off things with getting to know a little bit about who you are. And I know that this is, you know, you're running for, for the board again this year. It's going to be really good. So if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you come into this profession? What what led you to this profession and, and what kept you in the profession? Ah, those are all great questions. Um, I started in 1986. I was in high school and I got tired of picking strawberries and cucumbers and walnuts and every other produce available to pay for my school clothes and sports camps. And so I finally got some work uh, in the summer doing labor for construction crews. And um, I'm actually a third generation of four code official um, in my family. So my grandfather and my father were both electricians, master electricians and electrical inspectors. Uh, and now my son is an inspector up in the state of Washington. And so that's kind of where it all started. My family had always been in construction. Uh, prior to that, their most famous hobby was leading the Oregon Trail in Southern Oregon. Um, some family heritage there, but mostly after that, we were farmers and construction workers. And so um, I, I learned early that I didn't necessarily have to go to a four-year school and get a degree um i loved doing different things than being in the classroom all the time especially at that age um and then shortly after high school i joined the the military uh the first of the gulf wars broke out and um kind of felt an obligation a family history to serve and join and so i went from the second story of a building rolling trusses on an apartment building and went down to the recruiter's office that night signed up for the navy and i was gone 28 days later to boot camp to join uh, in the efforts. So, um, my wife at the time wasn't real happy when she found out about it. We were to be married in the next year. So, um, it was an interesting story, but I loved my time in the military. And as soon as the war was over, I switched over to the Seabees and joined, uh, the construction portion of the Navy. So I got to spend some time in beautiful, beautiful Ventura, Oxnard area. Um, loved living down there. I got to travel a bunch more to Puerto Rico and to Asia and some other places as a CB. And again, even then, it was um, it's always been about uh, volunteering and mentoring and helping people. And in the beginning, it was being mentored by great military leaders, uh, Chief Medina to this day, friends in social media. Um, and I always have these little voices coming back in my head from him about picking your friends and don't let them pick you. And you know, work hard, everything else will work itself out. And there's just so many um, great things I learned in the military that transitioned over to being a code official and respect and how we speak with others and treat each other with dignity and all of those things. Um, but after the military, I had to make a decision. So I was actually injured and um, had some surgeries and got out of the Navy and it was like, what's next? And my dad's like, well, I don't want you to become an electrician. You won't have a back left and your knees will be shot and you won't be able to hear. And I said, well, that's true. <laughs> Grandpa and, and, and my dad uh, did not have the best of hearing and both had bad backs. So I decided to go to school and enter the Chemeketa uh, Community College Building Inspection Technology Program in 1997, I guess is when I started. And I took a year off to make some more money. And I was raising uh, two kids at that time and taking care of my wife who stayed at home. Um, but also, even then, uh, we just love to serve people. 
Um, and she's my ex-wife now, but we're dear friends. But we had an adult foster home for 13 years where we raised mentally handicapped adults. And so five women uh, lived with us full time. Um, and we helped them with every aspect of their life, including, you know, coaching Special Olympics bowling, um, taking them to their work uh, programs that they had. Um, and I did this while attending school, um, finished my degree, and I got hired actually for the company that I work now um, in 1999 as a code official and plans examiner in Central Oregon over in Redmond, which is pretty beautiful. Um, I worked a couple of years in Redmond, uh, loved it there and then was offered a building official position on the coast a little closer to home. And so I took that and I stayed working on the coast um, for uh, most of my career, clear up until 2015 when I transitioned back to the company where I started and took over as the manager of Northwest Code Professionals in May Engineering. Um, and so that's kind of the path of my career along the way. Um, my last stage working for the actual city and county, I worked as code enforcement officer, building official and fire marshal. Wow. And so I got to learn a great deal of um, uh, respect for the code official industry. The code enforcement industry was new to me and I had to learn from scratch. And so as I watch a lot of uh, your episodes and I see the struggles and the survivals and the politics and how all these things come into play, it brings back a lot of memories of code enforcement. It was the most challenging thing for me but also the most rewarding. So I worked in a historic community of Astoria. It's the oldest city on the West Coast. I'm um, going clear back to the kind of historic days of the fur trade coming up the Great Columbia River and the Flavel family. And so while I was there, I had to transition into a different kind of code monster, I like to say. 80% of the building stock in Astoria was historic buildings, including commercial uh, buildings. So. We had to be very creative in how we could um, ensure code enforcement um, had its place, ensure that being a building official allowed for reasonable exceptions and alternate methods to get energy compliance, especially in historic buildings. And when I got there, we faced a downtown uh, commercial business district that was about 40% empty. Um, many of the buildings were dilapidated and empty um, and so there was a lot of struggles and complaints from the local historic business owners association. And so that became a key project of mine was to find ways to use code enforcement tools to bring back economy and bring back life to the downtown while still avoiding some of the restrictions previous building officials did on kind of a zero balance of allowing alternate methods in these historic buildings versus 100% full code compliance. And so that became um, one of my roles and I became known for historic building codes um, and how we enforce those and how we use the energy provisions and floodplain provisions um, from FEMA um, that were already there. I didn't find anything new or create anything new. I just used what was there and studied until I found the answers. So, um, but what a ride, code enforcement officer, building official, and fire marshal. So I always described it as I went from one target to three on my back. <laughs> so there was always somebody from the public that wasn't happy. Um, so that was interesting. But. And so that led me to Northwest Code Professionals. And once I got here and returned, I had more freedom and more flexibility to get deeper involved into ICC, um, deeper involved into committees and being on boards and joining chapters and all of those things. So it really took off in 2012. I went to the ICC annual business meeting uh, in Portland and took a vacation to do that. And I was hooked. I was meeting folks just like uh, you and Joe and um, uh, couldn't believe that all these opportunities were there for networking. And there were so many people across the country who had the same struggles, the same um, woes, the same good stories, and that I could learn so much from them. And so um, that began my ICC journey, I guess. And I'll, I'll stop there um, and make sure I'm allowing you to ask questions. Yeah, no, no, no. This is really intriguing because, you know, it's always really fascinating for us to learn more about our folks in the industry, our fellow colleagues. And, and you know, you said something early on. You said, you know, when I was out and working, you know, farming, the farms and, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, those are things that we wouldn't otherwise know about you, right? It, it just makes you... It makes 
us knowing you and your journey so wholesome to us because we can relate. Um, and there are many others that are watching this show today that could relate to, hey, you know, I, I like Jack, wanted to do something else. You know, I, I enjoyed that. That was great. That was awesome. It was kind of part of a family thing. And But however, I wanted to get myself through school. I wanted to go and serve my country. I came back. And Jack, you know, um, you are just scratching the surface as to all the amazing things that you really, truly are involved in. And I've, I've been watching you for the last few years plus just kind of watching to see what's Jack doing now? Where's Jack going now? You know, what's Jack's involvement here and there? And, and um, one of the things that really stood out for me was uh, your help with obviously our, our veterans, but also the heavy involvement with that and our permit technicians. And, you know, I, I'm always of the opinion that permit techs are our front line. They play such a vital role. Um, they're basically the face of the building department. When you walk in, they're the ones interacting, interfacing with everyone and anything that's coming through that door. And you are so supportive of them. And I think it's so awesome to see you just kind of really get involved with the different associations and things like that and the networks for permit technicians. And in addition to that, in 2018, you were uh, given the award for raising the profile for our industry and really pushing that forward. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, how it felt to receive that award through ICC for raising the profile in our industry? Thank you. Uh, that was a beautiful surprise. And so, you know, at the time, uh, working within Region 2, you know, it was my first first term of being president was finished and I really wanted to come up with some new themes and new projects. And so Cuppy came into play um, after a visit in the Leadership Academy. So Cuppy traveled around the world to us, you know, it was in Australia and New Zealand and folks all across the country were getting excited about something that was just fun. Um, my original goal after attending the Leadership Academy in Colorado was to follow the advice of the instructor in Colorado and use social media to your advantage, um, use it to promote you know, what we're doing out there. And then they also asked for assistance promoting the ICC online exams and the ICC university, which later we had to change the name um, because it wasn't a university. Um, but Cuppy just became this thing. And um, I think those in region two and region one and actually across the country really weren't using social media in 2016, 17 at all to their advantage. And regardless of how anyone feels about politics, we watched social media change the election uh, platform across this country in a huge way. Um, and it was being used effectively. And so I just kind of went with it. And I took Cuppy with me every time I went on the road visiting chapters. And one of the things about being on the board of Region 2 is I followed some amazing folks. I mean, uh, David Spencer was a president before me. Jim Sayers was a president before me. Um, Charlie Allen from Idaho, who we don't hear a lot about now, but he mentored all of us and he made us believe that we need to take this Region 2 board more seriously. We need to keep just rising every, every year, every different leader. We need to keep rising and making it better. And so to me, that meant from my own experience being somewhat new at the time in the whole ICC world across the country, to me it meant I knew who the ICC players were within my state, but it doesn't mean I felt comfortable coming up and asking them about anything or feeling like I was, you know, deserving of their time to just, you know, egress some uh, issues or questions or why aren't we doing this or that. So when I got to Region 2, I wanted to be welcoming. Um, especially in my term as president. So we changed our policies in a way that allowed the president and vice president to visit every single state within our region, go to in-person meetings in ABM, maybe a second summer meeting. Um, and Jim Sayers did that. He traveled uh, quite a bit. Um, and then my final year as president, I hit every state twice in person. And what I learned from that was that within every chapter, there's somebody like me who maybe that was their first few meetings and they see the board up there and wow, these are important people and maybe I, I shouldn't be wasting their time. But they were felt really comfortable coming up to the guy from region two, who also did not know everybody in the room as well every time I knew the you know, four or five board members usually and a few other friends, but they felt comfortable. And so they started asking me questions like why can't permit techs get more support? 
why can't uh, testing be done online? Why can't our digital codes be easier to use? Wh whatever their issues were, or, you know, why is ICC keep buying companies? And so then we got to the point where, listen, I'm not on the ICC board, but I pay attention. And here's why we need to do that. We can't rely on selling code books. We must be diversified in our finances. So if there's a downturn, we never again risk losing the industry that we love. Um, and so that's what I learned from traveling around is that get the message out there. And Cuppy was a big part of that because by the second time visiting everywhere, they wanted photos with Cuppy. So the boards were wanting their board photo, bringing Cuppy. You know, I would go downstairs to the restaurant in the evening and everybody would be networking and they would be like, where's Cuppy? And back upstairs I go uh, <laughs> to my hotel room. You know, I had to go get Cuppy. And you think that would have got better and remember that over time to just carry him everywhere. But uh, I didn't. I was always going back upstairs to get Cuppy. Um, and so then Cuppy became an icon and a fundraiser, and we use it to raise money for Safety 2.0 and the military families programs. And then I also made it a point of really traveling when I traveled. If there was a permit tech meeting to attend it when I was in Idaho, I encouraged them to start their own permit tech chapter, which they've since done. Um, the same thing happened in Wyoming. Um, Wyoming is doing great, but still struggling. So I volunteered to join their board last year, and now I'm president of their board this year. And it's just to give them some extra help and a voice and hopefully pass it, pass it along. And so we're making some changes to make them more successful. I love, you know, being a part of Permit Tech Nation being formed and behind the scenes helping with that. And I also, when I traveled, um, especially on the road, when I was driving, I would randomly stop in the building departments. Um, and say, Hello, I'm Jack. And they're like, who the heck are you? Why are you here? <laughs> you know, I'm a building official. And, and if they weren't there, I would talk to the permit tech and we would chat. And so I would tell them about getting certified, about becoming involved with ICC, with permit tech chapters. And everywhere I went, I would tell the building officials in the groups or chapters or networking. It's like, you know, you really got to get your permit techs involved in the chapter. Um, and I said, you know, have you really encouraged your public employees union or your boss to give additional consideration and salary for them being a certified permit technician? Because as CC said, there is no person more on the front line every day who keeps building officials and inspectors and code enforcement officers and the other seven departments they sometimes represent. Um, <laughs> they, they cause an effect in the department of avoiding conflict in so many cases, too. They're usually so good at customer service and so level-headed that even the angry customer that comes in and deals with the permit tech, so many times I've seen them leave after being angry, come back and bring coffee and chocolate to the permit tech and apologize. <laughs> you know, and uh, code official, building official, engineer, they're still jerks. <laughs> but you were great right. helping me. <laughs> and many times they just calm them down before it ever gets to the building official. And so I've always had a deep appreciation for yeah. um, the technical skill it takes, the knowledge it takes, the legal knowledge that it takes especially one wrong phrase one wrong sentence to the wrong person one wrong email and it could be huge and so that's why it was really important for me that hey they're certified they're icc members they deserve the same respect and dignity and voting rights as anybody else who is a member at icc and i think they've taken the role and the permit tech um, priorities as far as their own networking and representing themselves. And they've taken it to the highest of levels. They're so respected around the country now. And that's what we all hope for and wanted to see. And so I'll probably keep doing that. I, I imagine I'll still be going to permit tech meetings um, when I retire. <laughs> company and I enjoy helping out. And occasionally I teach classes for them. Um, don't charge for those. It's just a way to help them boost their funds and teach some silly old guy stuff to them. <laughs> I think that's really awesome. And, and for those of you that are kind of wondering, so Region 2 actually encompasses Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana. So it's a big, big territory that, you know, it's, it's you know, being represented by, by Jack and others that are within that region. Um, lots of the work that comes through those particular regions, as Jack said, some of them don't have um, the support that they need necessarily. So it's always super important to, to be there and provide them that support that they need as Jack is doing already. Um, you know, Jack, with the involvement with the permit tech uh, groups, I know that every 
year at ABM, they tried to do a Habitat for Humanity um, community service. And yep. it's one of the biggest things that I, I have so much respect for. I love it. I think it's so awesome that that they even extend their help even out to the community on a build, on a Habitat for Humanity build. And not only that, but, um, you know, our Permatex, they have a knack for that customer service, as you said, Jackie, you know, it's so true. You know, they uh, customers often come in and they're irate and they're upset and like, oh my gosh, and I didn't get my corrections or I didn't get my approval or what's holding up the issuance of my permit. And it's everybody else's fault, right? But there's this one person that's listening to, to this one this one individual um, and they have a way of de-escalating and making somebody feel like, I heard exactly what you said. Let's figure something out without necessarily making the promises. Let's figure something out. I mean, I, I saw it in my Primatex. My Primatex are phenomenal. They did an amazing job at that. And I've known Primatex throughout that do exactly the same. In fact, um, a shout out to uh, Sophia Valentia of the city of Napa. She's a permit technician who is also a chapter president for the Napa Solano chapter. So even seeing their growth in the building industry, um, I truly believe that our techs have the ability to become building officials one day, you know, to lead amazing teams of techs, of field inspectors, of code inspectors, of plan reviewers, you name it. I mean, it's the possibilities are endless. So. I know personally, Jack, that I I respect and admire so much of the time that you give to the permit techs. I like I said, I watch I watch what you do. Pete likes to call me a, a LinkedIn stalker. I'm not a LinkedIn stalker. <laughs> I just I'll be accused of that a little bit. <laughs> I just like to I just like to watch and see what people are doing because I think it's so awesome. So going back to uh, your your involvement with the military families. I know that's something near and dear to your heart. And I know that you have gone around providing kind of a, a quick insight and means of presentations on what the military family program is, the creating of the pathways for those military families, those folks that have served our country to get into the building safety industry. How did that come about? Where are you with that right now? And what, what are you envisioning that's gonna be in the future? So Jack, before you answer that, uh, first of all, you know, for those that don't know, I was also in the Navy. So kudos to my uh, my comrade <laughs> here, my fellow sa uh, sailor, you know, so um, I was going to say seaman, but I'm going to get a lot of slack. So I guess my parents, <laughs> sailor. So now for you guys that don't know what the CBs are, CBs are a specialized group of construction folks in the military. So, um, you know, they're like a unique group. So they're just, you just don't get a job as a CB. You kind of have to come into to work as a cb so it's kind of like a seal team but it's just for construction which is, which is an awesome thing so thank you for your service jack really appreciate it you know a lot of people don't talk about it but you know uh, you, you learn a lot of structure and a lot of uh mentorship in the military like you you uh reference your chief uh you know i i, I still my chief chief ailing that was my mentor you know and so even to this day i, I lost track of him but you know what? I, I remember a lot of things that he said because, you know, you us going in the military, you're very young. People don't realize how young you people are. They're 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you know, protecting our country. And then you have the chiefs who are we're in their 30s, 40s. You know, they, they've been around the block, and they get to mentor all these folks like Jack. So now, uh, you know, once you exited the military, what, what uh, compelled you, you know, uh, in addition to Cecilia's question, what compelled you? uh to to continue to uh help out in military in the military scene you know being injured when i was in and i had uh surgery on my shoulder and some some other things that i won't get into but um you know fortunately for me it was nothing serious that really affected my everyday part of my life but it sure got me thinking because i was in a transition program for a little while before i got out of the Navy in, in Port Winemi, in fact, in California. And so I watched the others who were transitioning and some of them had, you know, very serious medical and health issues. Um, but also I was fortunate again to have somebody mentor me who was a GS 14 civilian um, Filipino gentleman who was so kind and so caring beyond just, I need to help you fill out your paperwork. I mean, he got on me, get a hold of your veteran service officer now. Don't wait till you get home in 60 days. And, and so he set me up for success for getting my benefits and getting the care that I needed. 
and even warn me to appeal in advance because they're not going to give you the rating that you deserve um, as far as your medical. And so I did everything that he said um, and it worked out very well for me. And so when I first got back and I was going to school, um, I volunteered to work at the veterans service officer's office with the county in Tillamook, Oregon, where they make the great cheese. Um, and so I volunteered and I worked with him. And while my paper was being processed, I watched veterans come in from many generations. And I had a conversation with a veteran who was in his 60s. Um, and he was talking about his children and how he couldn't afford to send any of them to college. And, you know, he just he never made the money. Then he was hurt. He was living on disability. And so, you know, that was a conversation while we were out placing flags on Veterans Day at the cemetery. And boy, did that one just pull up my heartstrings. And so I knew I had the opportunity to go to school and do what I needed to do. And I was headed that way. But it always stuck in the back of my mind that it's really such an unfair thing in many ways that they go serve our country they travel all around the world they move 15 times they don't have the same opportunities as children for networking um, for building up this incredible resume or somebody's watching their sports or their choir or their drama or whatever their their love and interest is in life um, and so they really were getting left behind uh, so when the opportunity came up uh, to help veterans with ICC in mind, I started doing that through the local veterans service officer and started letting him know that, hey, listen, our field is wide open. And especially back in 2015, you know, we had the survey done. And, and so I warned him, it's coming. I'm, we need people like crazy. And so to this day, I still work with Mr. Messier at the state of Oregon veterans service officer. And he just keeps sending me people who might be viable candidates and interested in that. And so that really got me going. And then ICC started a committee to look into how we can help veterans um, with a program to ICC and help us find more certified individuals. We knew the fit was right. I mean, they're trained, they're dedicated, they're loyal, they can pass a drug test, they'll show up on time, they'll be respectful. They had all the qualities that kind of are the base for what we need. They could listen, have a supervisor chew on them, and they can handle it and be employed the next day still. And so all of those great things. And so I just took that to heart. Once I got involved with the committee, with ICC and Chris Bridges, a great board of director, was on that committee. Um, Donnie Phipps was heavily involved with that. Uh, Jim Brown from Wyoming is a veteran, um, and Jim has you know a lot of his own uh, issues as a veteran that that make things difficult at times in life for him. And he's such an outstanding human. But he gave me the idea of starting Safety 2.0 in Region Two. He goes, Jack, why can't we do our own version of this in Region Two? You're already doing this kind of work every day. Let's step it up a notch. So that weekend, I wrote the bylaw changes and the program that would implement Safety 2.0 for Region 2. Um, went over that information with Mr. Spencer. David Spencer was all, all for the idea. And so he signed on as a co-proponent of the change, and we got it changed. And so instantly, we went to work. Now, how are we going to find money? How are we going to fund this and, and make it viable and successful? And so I went out and got some corporate sponsors. Interior Technologies out of Washington has been absolutely incredible. Um, twice they've funded enough to send a veteran to the ABM um, and cover all of their expenses, including meals. Um, there's been others out there that are flood stud uh, from the Smart Vent program. They've helped with those sponsorships. And then me just traveling on the road and begging. I mean, I was begging chapters. Hey, can you guys throw over $500? Wyoming, despite the small size, they donated $2,000 uh, one year when I was there. And so we have enough funds to send people for years right now and dedicated, you know, sponsors. And so then I continue that, too, with putting, you know, kind of putting my best foot forward at setting an example when I hire. You know, I'm in a position where I have the final say, fortunately, in hiring. And so... Um, there is definitely a benefit to being a veteran when you put an application in with my company. And so I have two previous military family members on staff with me uh, that are hired and working full time. Now I have two other veterans that are working full time. One of them, Angela, is a CB and she got to go to Educode. Thank you to Region 1 and um, the members of Calbo and others for helping make that happen. So she got a full week of education. She'll be graduating this year, and she is a phenomenal plans examiner already. I can't believe how fast she is learning and, and moving up. She's going to be taking my role over one day, I have a feeling. So 
Um, so I do tend to hire those veterans and also, you know, help veterans find places where they can work, where there's a best fit for them. Um, and then I forgot what uh, CC's other question was. So I was I, taken into account. I know there were a lot of questions I threw at you once and, and, then, and then he came in there and threw some more. I yeah, see how excited we are, Jack. Good stuff. Uh, so we talked about uh, your startup with that, um, your thought process, how that's going, and also how you envision it continuing on. Yeah, so the future is important. You know, ICC, no doubt there were some struggles figuring out how do we make this work. And if you try to get any two branches of the government in general to work together at the federal level um, in the same way, it's probably not going to happen. So now there was an effort to try and get five branches, essentially, of the military um, and get them in the room somehow and come up with a way where we can make veterans more aware of it, where we can get um, the GI Bill to count for ICC certifications and education. And, you know, Sarah Yerkes and Carla Higgs, I mean, in the beginning, they were so heavily involved. And talk about two superstars who love what they do, who are fantastic at it. And they were so excited about this program that they were constantly stayed in touch. Um, we chatted about different things. And fortunately for me, ICC listens, staff listens. And so when they saw the success coming out of Region 2 and that I was getting people em- employed, not only employed, but getting funded for programs, talking them into the route and mentoring to go to Chemeketa and get their degrees. Um, and so it was just something we needed to copy. And so eventually ICC has has contracted the workout to promote the program on the national level, but there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of work to do to get the message out. There's still a lot of work to do to provide funding and other resources for veterans. And I honestly think we're going to get there. Um, and it's just going to take boots on the ground still. It always still comes down to, you know, you got to meet with someone. You got to talk to them with a veteran. You got to get them to trust you um, also because there's all different states of mind depending on when our veterans came home and what their service was. And it's important to be able to understand that and to be able to promote something like the Chemeketa community college program at the same time. And there's other great programs out there. Wabo has an accreditation program in Washington up in New Hampshire. They have a great uh, training program there to bring people forward. Um, but the Chemeketa program is something special. Um, Danny Dabler, if you remember seeing the stories about Danny over the last couple of months and a year, um, I had Danny in here's uh, networking and mentoring him and um, watching him and teaching him to do plan review. And my staff was phenomenal with helping Danny. Um, and then what does Danny do? He goes and proves himself by before he finishes Chemeketa, he's got a master code professional certification. <laughs> um, he's a rock star. He's phenomenal. He and, is. Uh, was the same. Oh, sorry, Jack. I was just saying that last week to David and Jim that he put us all to shame. I, you know, I was watching how he was like another one. I mean, they were like back to back. Danny, kudos to you, my friend. That was amazing. Yeah, and then you know, recently he's got his drone uh, drone program that they have in Clark County in Washington, and Danny did an amazing presentation on his use of virtual inspections, uh, how he does that with some videos of them in action during it. Um, and Danny's one day, I hope to see him as the president of ICC. He, he's an incredible story, an incredibly smart human being. Um, and then also Michelle Limbarger that worked for me. To CC's point, Michelle was a permit tech that I hired with no construction experience, no construction background. I think she had some sales experience and countertops. Um, so after a month and a half of working, I saw already the amazing customer service side we just talked about, you know. I don't care what the person's situation was, who was calling her, how upset they were. By the time she was off the phone, they were thanking her. (laughs) Wonderful day. All the things that I look for in a great uh, counter person. But also I learned right away, she's super smart. And she- You know what? So so Jack, one of of the things that we um, tend to see, and and I love this about you, you network a lot. You know, I see you at this function and you're talking to random people and you know how you just talked about the idea you had with the veterans. You talked to somebody and it just kind of blew up. You know, that's how me and Cecilia work. We're like sitting there like, what do you think about this? Oh, yeah, let's do it. And then boom, an idea pops up. And similar to what you're saying, and this is why I love networking so much and what you do and all the work behind the scenes, because you don't have to be out in front. But you know what? 
it, it's always refreshing to know that you had a big part of creating something bigger than yourself and the sense of service that you constantly show out there. You know, you, you talk about, um, you know, uh, your permit tech and she's a, a permit tech all star, you know, out there in the world. You know why? Because you double down on, you know what, you, you giving her the platform for uh, being part of permit tech nation or, you know, just being part of that group and you foster that, you know, with the veterans you're fostering because me as a veteran, you know, when I got out, I got my discharge papers. I'm like, all right, I'm out. And then that was it. <laughs> you know, I kind of had to figure it out. And, you know, having this information, giving it to to folks is just an idea that you just did. And and you know what? You, you continue to just build that mark, you know, talking to David, talking to Jim, talking to you. I see how the minds collaborate and say, hey, let's do this because it benefits everybody as a whole. And I'm looking at it for self-gratification, but just seen as a bigger sense of service to your, you know, those in the industry, which is whether permit tech, code enforcement, uh, building official engineers. I mean, we're just, you're just doing the thing. So we appreciate that about you, Jack. Thank you. And, and Michelle is that rock star example. I mean, uh, was certified within, I think 60 days. Uh, I asked her to start doing that and looking at it and she passed her test right away. And I said, Michelle, I got some news for you. I don't know if you're gonna like it or not. And she said, okay. I said, well, from now on, you're working a half a day back with my plans examiners. Um, you're too good. You're too amazing to, to only do this. I want you to get a taste of it and see if you would like to become a code official and inspector. Um, and it didn't take very long of her working a half a day with them for me to realize she would be a phenomenal plans examiner, detailed. And But still, even the phone calls as a plans examiner came from that, that base and that heart of a permit tech with customer service. And so even those messages were delivered so well. And so then we let her know that if she wanted to go to Chemeca and get her two-year degree, that we would sponsor that and we would let her go on her work time. And um, we would we would help with the costs associated with that and use a company car for that and whatever she needed. And then she just took off with that. Ended up, you know, one of the top in her class, graduated, uh, chapter president. And she just got an award the other day from uh, the chapter for her service, a special award. And so you're right, Pete. Those are the things that make me my heart right. warm, that make me turn red in the face. It's not my own successes or what happens. I love it when I just meet somebody at the code hearings or I meet somebody at the ABM, and I don't know who it is, and they know me because you're the copy guy, uh, or or you know Jack, <laughs> right from Region Two, because I saw you on social media. So then you have all these conversations, and they start feeling really open about asking you about opportunities. How did right. you do this? How did you get so involved? And those are the best moments for me when the random person comes up and says, can I get a picture with you and Cuppy or I don't know, how do I get on a board or how do I get involved with a chapter? That's the best kind of day for me. And right. so right about the networking. I can't emphasize enough to any one of my employees that I hire, anybody that I'm mentoring. Networking is the number one thing you can do to boost your career quickly and to Find people out there who are smarter than you that can give you phenomenal answers in a moment's notice when you need it. <laughs> and that's, you, you, you know, credit to, um, to all the networkers, you know, um, the conversation I had with Susan Dowdy, she's a super connector. She will connect you to anybody. He goes, Hey, have you talked to Jack? Have you talked to David? Have you talked to Jim? You know, she just knows who to talk to just like you. You may not have all the answers, but you know where to send them. You know, I'm like, hey, um, you know, I'm interested in, uh, I'm a woman and I'm interested in participating more on national level. Hey, send her over to Cecilia with Women Leaders in Code Enforcement. <laughs> or hey, you know, I, I want to do this. Uh, let's send them over to, you know, um, the fire thing over there in Region 1 or, or wherever. I mean, I think it's, it's um, you know, it, it's, it's good. And I, I get the whole like, hey, let me take a picture with you because people are like, hey, you're the guy from the Internet. <laughs> like, I don't know who you are, but I just know the glasses and the hair. They're not afraid to come up and say hello, ask questions because they see these fun photos. And you do that everywhere, Pete. Uh, no, photos, people are always smiling. Uh, so I love that. And <laughs> I, it was a great memory, too, is I had a, a we have our own board shadow program that we did besides the military family program in Region 2. And so I had a great opportunity to bring Cody Gunn, who's now working in Georgia and a building official up and coming. Uh, Jessica Iverson from Montana, who was at the ABM yeah. with me on stage. And uh, the last of my board shadows, um, I took her straight up to meet the Wicked Group because they were at the president's uh, dinner event. 
And boy, as soon as they were able to meet with that group, I was like, my networking and mentoring is done. You're in such good hands now. Like, this is yeah. a great group to introduce you to everyone else that you you want to know right now. And so yeah. I love the networking part. You know, I got to say, um, Michelle, um, kind of a funny connection. Her and I communicate, uh, you know, we, we message each other back and forth. And I have the great pleasure of perhaps joining the OPTA on their retreat that's coming up this summer. So I'm very excited to meet all the ladies. Um, but Michelle and I actually have a connection. My my husband's cousin and Michelle, I think, went to school together. So that's kind of an wow. interesting little tidbit. Um, but, you know, going back to Michelle, and I got to give you kudos, Michelle, if you're watching this. She is a certified plants examiner, mechanical plumbing, structural inspector as well, VP of the OPTA, and also a 20 18 alumni shadow program um, attendee. So she has done also pretty phenomenal for herself. And, and those are the kind of things, as you said, Jack, when you see those things like shoot out just out of nowhere, right? It's so amazing. That's a reward all in itself. That makes you feel so good in your heart because you're like, oh my gosh, look, look, look how great they're doing, right? Look how awesome they're doing. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle was a fantastic story, and she ended up leaving and, and working someone up somewhere else. And I told her the next day after I was kind of done whining and sniveling because she was leaving. <laughs> but I feel like I'm in seventh grade, and and I broke up with my girlfriend, and I'm afraid to even talk to her today. <laughs> and we were out at the South Made Veteran Home Build, cleaning up all the yard work and brush, and you know cutting down trees and all the stuff we were doing, sweating, hot day. And so that was the first time I really had a chance to talk to her. And so we had this great conversation and I, you know, sorry, I didn't talk to you more later. I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she's over in Springfield and she's doing a fantastic job. And um, I couldn't be more proud of her. You know, this thing, you know, I don't, the thing I always have to remember and all mentors do and leaders do is that you build them up, not so that you can keep them, <laughs> you build them up so they can go on and do great things. And, and, and sometimes they come back to your company um, in a different role. And that's exactly what happened with me. You know, I, the first time I left this company, I was an inspector and plans examiner. Um, and we had a mutual, so to speak, um, thing where I left. <laughs> and so that's how I ended up kind of branching out. And, working <laughs> and then I come back and now I'm the president and CEO of the same company. And so, you know, not burning bridges, building people up, giving them opportunities, giving them second chances are all things that are really important to me. You know, I'll even go as far as saying this, Jack. Um, all the great things that you've done. All, all the great programs, all the initiatives, all, all the value that you see in not only the industry, but what a person can provide um, by giving them a second opportunity at a pathway for success. I would say that that is that is part of your legacy. That is honorable. And, um, you know, I know that for many years, we're going to talk about that. You know, Jack, you know, he did this work with the techs and the, you know, uh, military housing pathway programs and all these other things that you're involved in and, and being so heavily involved even with ICC and the board and wanting to enact change and continue on this this vision that that you so clearly have. Um, I, I give you major kudos for that because I know that for me, when I see stuff like that, it just fuels my fire of let's keep doing this let's keep doing this thing right we're all in it for the common goal to see people succeed and i think that that is that's pretty admirable and commendable so i thank you for that thank you, you know, for, for those folks that don't have a lot of mentors you know and it's it's a uh, it's like having children and you see them graduate you know it's like you're so proud of themselves for the work that they've done that you know you know, it's kind of selfish because you get that self-gratification of like, hey, you know what? This person made it. I couldn't be prouder. And then you see them blossom. And it's just a whole other, you know, it's just a whole other feeling. And you repeat and rinse and repeat. I, I mean, Cecilia can tell you how many mentees she's had over the years. And, you know, it's just watching them grow, watching them do this. And, you know, it's just an amazing feeling. It's just a self-sense of uh, accomplishment for not only you as a, as that you had a role, a small role in their life and their journey, you know, you're like a chapter in their book, you know, it's, it's an, it's an awesome feeling to have. And, you know, Jack, I really appreciate this about you that, you know what, you take people like, I don't really know you, but guess what? I know you <laughs> same thing with, uh, with Cecilia, we don't know you, but we know you, you know, we know what you're about. You know, when we talk to you, you're definitely we recognize your heart. Yes. We recognize your heart. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Straight shooter. You know what? You you say, hey, I don't know this, but you know, let me get you this person. Let me get you that person. And uh, you know, us as industry folks, we need to continue to do that for each other. You know, whether you're helping somebody, uh, you know, uh, helping somebody earn a degree at the local college or, you know, introducing them to, to educate via scholarship. It's, these are little things that people don't forget in it, you know, because sometimes they meet that connection at educode or wherever these, you know, they, they might've got a scholarship for, and they just continue to grow. It's just another like, you know, domino in the, you know, what you continue to do as a mentor. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's this wonderful thing. Um, Ramon Fajardo was one of my first military family members candidates where I really followed every inch uh, of the career and kind of chimed in more and say, how you doing? Making sure you're staying on top of moving forward and doing your thing. You know, now he's working as a full-time inspector in the city of Bend in the middle of central Oregon, one of the most beautiful places in Oregon to live. And and he got a hold of me last summer and is like, hey, I'm getting ready to visit and go mountain biking with my family. And I want to make sure I get to come by and see you and you get to meet my kids and my wife. And so those are those heartfelt moments where you go, wow, that's the real difference. This, this family right. you know, is there's they they have a great career. They have insurance. They have um, security in their lives and they're happy. And that was awesome. That's, that's absolutely. Like. And, and, you know, and, and the, um, lifelong friendships that you develop from that, you know, the, Hey, I'm in town. I'd love to come see you. Can we hang out? Can we have dinner? You know, can we spend time? I, I think that, that, um, that also is one of the, what I like to call the bonus, right? It's a bonus right now. I, now I made a friend for life. And in addition to that, you know, them paying it forward, recognizing, you know, that this is something that was awesome opportunity that they also want to pay forward to someone else that may be in need, that may want that, you know, mentorship, that may need a little bit of that handholding to get them where they're at. And earlier on in the conversation, Jack, you mentioned, I do this because I want to provide an opportunity to pathway. And I couldn't agree with you more. A lot of the times we look at um, our building industry as, you know, come on in, get your certs, and, and then we'll go ahead and hire you. If once you get your certs, but a lot of the time it's about giving people a chance. Like what you said, you know, I told Danny, Danny, I want you to do this. Also, now you're spending time in the office. We're, we're going through plan review. Michelle, we're doing this now. We're going to pull you right out of your comfort zone and we're going to kind of throw you in here because I recognize the potential that you have. I see it and I want you to tap into that. And I think that we need more jacks in this world. We need more of that. We need more more of our building industry leaders to come out and say, hey, you know what? I recognize that talent and, and I want to invest in it and I want to grow it. And then I want to be able to see you pay that forward and continue that on because that right there creates those opportunities that we know we need so much in this industry. It's true. And, and then it's, you know, it's a domino effect, right? There's yeah. no doubt in my mind that one day you know, Danny Dabler and Michelle Limbarger and Ramon and Cody Dunn and all of them, they're going to pass it on down the line and they're going to see that and they're going to take someone else out of their comfort zone and make them squirmy for a little while <laughs> and rise up. And all of a sudden they're going to be these profile players and, and successful members. And in the end, when we talk about the goals and missions of the ICC, you know, safe buildings and developing the best codes in the world, that's where all of these folks are coming from. They're going to be the ones at the code hearings uh, if they're not already. Um, they're going to be the ones that are running for the board. They're going to be the ones affecting change. They're going to be the Cindy Davises who know that diversity matters. And let's not just keep kind of hinting at it. Let's bring it up and let's yeah. let's talk about it. Um, and those are the future leaders that I that I see that I'm mentoring. Um, and like you said, there's great value in to Pete's point. Man, it, it is like having children. You know, my my children are all grown. The youngest is 18 now. But it is like that. When I see the Danny Dabler presentation, that was like, oh, man. And his dad was in the building. I know his dad. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> he goes. Um, when I saw Michelle rise up and, you know, to the board and offices of OPTA and Permit Tech Nation, um, it's a great feeling. And it, it lets us all know that, you know, there's this overall mission of ICC. But if we don't bring up the people, we can't keep doing this and we can't sustain the great changes that we've made since 2000 when we merged as a code organization. And so I do love it. it people always kind of say, how in the world are you just too busy? you got to slow down. You know, you had a heart attack last week, whatever the story might be. Um, but you're not going to get me off the road as long as I know that it's safe. And um, I really don't have a stopwatch that I 
a time off, so to speak. I love this stuff and this is my hobby and my life. And I do a little hunting and fishing and I shoot guns. Um, but all of that is, you know, within miles of my home. <laughs> I live in the forest, very peaceful environment. And I don't see me myself slowing down or maybe even possibly ever even retiring. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. Well, for those of us that are watching out there, you've heard some amazing things from Jack today. And if you haven't read his candidate statement, if you haven't gotten to know him a little further, I, I you know, encourage you to go on to ICC's website, learn a little bit more about Jack, reach out to him, ask the questions, get to know him a little bit more. Um, like I said, you know, your involvement helps us all. And in addition to that, we are one big code family. So we are here to support each other. Thank you so much, CC and, and Pete. And, you know, the platform that you provide, it always, everything starts out as an idea and something small, um, but the platform you provide it gets information out there. It gets it so we get to know people on a, on a closer basis, a more personal level. Um, but above and beyond that, you know, it will grow too. I think more and more people are going to join in, and more and more people are going to start to understand the relationships and how similar we are in this world of permit techs, code enforcement officers, fire code officials, building officials, plans examiners, whatever it may be in our industry. We are one type family. Um, and so I encourage everybody to stay involved, mentor somebody, just one. It doesn't take that much time. Start with one and you'll get addicted like me. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. You heard it from Jack Applegate. Get out there, pay it forward. You know, build that community, that village of code, uh, building safety industry professionals. Um, and let's help each other, you know, reach that success, those goals. Um, it's not about being so much, you know, accomplished, but it's about also being fulfilled in our journey. And um, I think that, again, given everything we learned today, we have a new platform, if you will, to go out and do today, Tuesday, but to do the rest of the week perhaps the rest of the year and really get ourselves where we need to be in our headspace. Again, thank you so much, Jack. Really appreciate you. It's been such a great morning, just kind of getting to know a little bit more about you and, you know, all the great things you've done, as well as I look forward to seeing you over in Louisville. So I can't wait to be there. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm looking forward to good old Kentucky. That That's was the right. uh, place I won my Babe Ruth World Series in 1989. So I'm always excited. Wow, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and happy Building Safety Month, everybody. Yes, happy Building Safety Month, everyone. With that, we're going to log off. Pete, any last words from you, sir? Thank you, Jack. And everybody, we will see you next week. That's right. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Have a great day, Bye, Pete. Bye, Cece. Bye.